Ricky, 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 Ricky. Hey, man, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. I um, we're, we're having technical difficulties, and it's distracted me, but from what we actually have to talk about today. Yeah, well, that's a good thing, man, because the things that we have to talk about today aren't the most enjoyable um, on their own, anyways. They are not. Because we're going to talk about the Carolina Panthers, and we're going to talk about their game against um, who was the team that just completely oh, derailed all of our momentum? Oh, that's right. The uh, former Frank Reich Indianapolis Colts um, just molly us last week. Yeah. And we are one game away from facing the Chicago Bears who own our first round pick for 2024. So we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today, Alex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Bears didn't look. They don't. I mean, I I still don't know how good the Saints are. The Saints have played one team over five hundred all year long. One. Mm-hmm. They played two teams that have five hundred and better, and they've lost both of those games. So, mm-hmm. like, the Bears did look good outside of throwing like nine picks. Uh, they should have won that game. I actually bet them to win that game because I still don't believe in the Saints. Uh, but Bajent threw that game away. Mm. Uh, so I don't know how good they are, um, but I, I know the Saints are still bad. Um, <laughs> the Bears might are just worse. Uh, but I, I think, think they're getting Justin Fields back. Yeah. Oh man, they get they get Khalil Harbor, and we'll talk about that when we talk yeah, about that game. Up, yeah. But the, but you know the real the the concerning part for me, man, is it's not that I don't know how good or bad the Bears are, or the Saints are, or the Colts are, or any other team in the NFL at this point. But I do think that I have a pretty good idea about if the Carolina Panthers are a good football team at this point. Yeah, yeah. And man, that 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 super disappointing answer is no, they're not. Man, we're just not a very good football team. Yeah, and like, uh, and like coming into the season, I was talking about the supporting cast, and I was like, yeah. yeah if I looked at our supporting cast, I looked at the Texans supporting cast, I would I'd be like, I'd take ours all day long, right? All day long, right? And. Specifically, the offensive line. (laughs) No matter what, I would have said, at least we have a good offensive line. At least we can run the ball. At least, like, they're they're not going to be able to do that. And they still can't run the ball. Right. Like, they can't, they cannot run the football. And they're still having a quarterback come back and throw for 470 yards. (laughs) Granted, that's against Tampa Bay Buccaneers that Desmond Ritter came back against, that Mm -hmm. Jared Goff, that who can't play football on the road, put up 353 yards against. Who Josh Allen just put up three hundred and what twenty three yards against? That right. that's a bad secondary um, sure. in Tampa Bay. But it was a bad secondary we played against Indianapolis. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, I, uh, I, um, I, what? How does it? How does it? How do we? How did it happen? How do? How this? Because it's not like losing Dante Foreman and DJ Moore just. We crippled are, every are, aspect of the offense. Yeah. yeah our, our big losses last year were DJ Moore, Donta Foreman, and Sam Darnold. Like, right. those were, and we, we replaced those with uh, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark, uh, Bryce Young, and Miles Sanders. Theoretically, we should still have a pretty solid offense. Right. Yeah. In theory, that shouldn't cause you to go from, you know, a middle of the pack type of offensive approach to the absolute basement of the NFL. Right. Um, I think the, the problem man, that I keep running into when I'm really like 
evaluating and diving into what is making this offense and this team so bad this year is that it doesn't matter how much you try to contextualize some of these shortcomings. You can say we're playing against uh, aggressive defense in the Brian Flores Minnesota game or something like that. You mm-hmm. can say, well, personnel matchup of the Indianapolis defensive line against our offensive line should have given enough reason for pause to not buy into the poor statistics of the Colts defense, right? Mm-hmm. You can you can contextualize all of it that you want to, and and a lot of it is true. It's analytics that you can't argue with, right? It's statistics. It's things that exist. But the problem is that our team doesn't play any kind of motivated, inspired, creative, disciplined, just any good brand of football, we do not play on a consistent basis. And and that's the honest to God truth, man. Yeah. And and it, and it does come down to coaching. I, I understand we want to talk about <clears throat> the lack of talent on this roster. It's not like we're the least talented team in the NFL, though. At least yeah. not on paper when you're coming into this. That's not the way that we looked at it. It's also... If you're going to sit here and say that everything is on Fitterer, right? Because that's that's kind of what we get down to when yeah, we talk about. Yeah. Is it player talent? Is it coaching? Is it David Tepper meddling like some Scooby-Doo villain from the top of the tower? <laughs> you know, like, we, yeah. we could talk about all of those possibilities. But if you're going to say that it's on Fitterer and the talent on this team, the coaching staff had a lot to do with bringing in a lot of these guys. They Mm -hmm. said they wanted them. They said that they fit the scheme that they want to run. And they felt very confident in the scheme working and being the reason why we could contend for the NFC South. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day for me, man, and I know this is just our opening, so I'm not trying to get too far into that. But at the end of the day for me, you can't have this roster that is made up of players that these coaches wanted and sold the fans on from the offseason into the preseason, despite all the struggles that we saw, sold it as, hey, man, once these games matter, we're going to be a different-looking football team. And we're not. So there is a coaching element to this that is very, very concerning for me. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Fitterer is the last thing on my mind. Like, it really is. Like, we were scoring touchdowns with Shai, uh, Shai Smith and Tommy Tremble last year. Like DJ Moore had 880 yards, 88 yards last year. DJ, losing DJ Moore ain't the problem. Like it really is not. It's a problem, I, right? Like yeah. it, that's definitely a downgrade. Sure, yeah, but 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 Adam Thielen is going to have a thousand yards receiving this year. Like we, yes, he did a lot for this team, but we were we were scoring points with Tr- Tommy Trimble and Chai Smith in the last game of the season. Like that's who we're scoring touchdowns. Uh, mm-hmm. So I don't think that. Like, who would you rather have? Uh, uh, DJ Moore, Terrace Marshall, and uh, Shy Smith in our as our top three receivers. I can't even remember who else uh, we had. Which uh, we, we, we cut chosen Anderson uh, halfway through the season uh, right. and got better. Um, or would you rather have DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Mingo? Um, uh, uh, ter- same same Terrace Marshall like you know, right. added Hayden Hurst added uh, Miles Sanders on the back like we have better overall options and it's just like what I just don't I think, understand I think, 
<laughs> yeah, and you know, the one thing that I'll say about the DJ Moore, and, and you're right, because Thielen's going to put up productive stats this year. Yeah. And and he is, man, he's our most consistent receiver. He's really our only consistent receiver. But not all, let's just say that both of them get 1,000 yards, right? Let's say DJ Moore and Adam Thielen yeah. both get 1,000 yeah, yards. Yeah, I know, yeah. Not all 1,000 yards are created equally, yes, right? <laughs> because correct. we know that what Adam Thielen is doing to reach that 1,000-yard mark we know that it's a much different approach stylistically and from a threatening standpoint of what he brings to an offense are completely different things. And what right. DJ Moore would bring to this offense and to Bryce Young's development is very much so what is missing on this offense. And mm. the problem is, though, and this is where it goes back to the coaching, we were told that that's, that wouldn't be an issue. That, that hey, Yeah, look, we understand we're losing our number one wide receiver but we have this offensive scheme and we have this game plan and we're bringing in these very um, comprehensive complementary pieces into this offense for a reason. Yeah. And with a, with a clear idea on how we're going to deploy those pieces. And none of that has happened. Like I, yeah. I, I just don't think at this point I'm buying any of the coach speak that we're, that we're getting oh. right. Like, oh, oh, it's just yeah. opportunities. We just need more opportunities. We need to do this. We were told at the beginning uh, of the year that Terrace Marshall Jr. was going to be an integral part. He just needed the opportunities and the snaps. He's not getting it. And you try right. to say you forgot to put him in one game, and then you don't put him yeah. in like three or four. I'm sorry, man, but I think that we're just being fed a ton of bullshit right now. And that's kind of the problem is that fans were really looking forward to entering this new chapter of um, transparency and competency from an NFL coaching staff as opposed to the college one that we had. And we're right back in this boat of not buying anything that we're being sold. And that's extremely disheartening for me as a fan. And I imagine for many fans that it's the same way of, can't you just say that this is what you had envisioned and that you're failing at it. But if they mm -hmm. admit that they're failing at something that they meticulously laid out and purposefully put together, in this manner, then every single one of them is accountable and you can't pass that buck. And I yeah. think that they are trying very hard right now, very adamantly to avoid that accountability until the later or latter part of the season where they can say, look, we have to make one change, not all changes. Right. We're, we're creeping into like sweeping change mode right now, in my opinion, that yeah. this, this entire coaching staff and front office will be lucky to survive this season, in my opinion. Yeah, I I mean I think they probably give if they gave Matt Rule four years or three and a half years, they're gonna give right two. Um you think so, but yeah. man, if he goes one and sixteen, is he gonna get two years? Right. Would so you give somebody a, two years? Yeah, that's another thing. Like like Joe Burrow comes in and goes one and six in his mm -hmm. first seven games. And he had a, he didn't have the turnover problem that we have, but Trevor Lawrence did. Granted, he had Urban Meyer, but uh Joe Burrow had that same coaching staff that he went to the Super Bowl with his first right. year. And he had a number one. He had T. Higgins. And he had right. uh, Tyler Boyd. And he had the ghost of A.J. Green. Like, he had um, he had guys when he came into the league. And he started off one and six, which is what Bryce is at. Right. Um, but he didn't He didn't have the turnover. And everybody, everybody gave him a pass. The offensive line was so bad. Right. It's <laughs> pretty, pretty uh, For sure, book. man. So it's. I hate to say it's still too early. Yeah, but it's, it it's definitely still it's still be too early. Oh no, it's it's a hundred percent too early for any of the Bryce Young 
top oh, 10, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's 100% too early for that. Um, maybe the one part that I would say also is like a glaring difference between the Joe Burrow, Bryce Young rhetoric was it Joe Burrow, they going into the situation in Cincy, there was no expectation of they're going to compete in his first year. They knew that they were a bad team. They knew that they didn't have the pieces. Um, coming into this year with Carolina, it was this best situation for a rookie quarterback to get dropped into, right? Like this is the place right. where you can hit the ground running. And I, I, honestly, that was just a misfire, man. And, yeah. and a lot and a lot of people close to the team were really informed on that. Like I, I go back to what Mike K has said all offseason that he felt this was a rebuild. You know, it was a two-year rebuild, and this was the first year. It's just not the messaging that we were given. Now, there are also mm-hmm. a lot of people that were really close with the team that bought into all of this, right? Like, it's not just the fans being hoodwinked or, yeah. or tricked into this. Like, there was a lot of people that really bought into it. And that's why it feels so much like a failure. But the mm-hmm. other thing with Bryce when he was coming out, there was already so many pre- preconceived notions about why this guy should fail that mm-hmm. didn't exist for any of these other first-round quarterbacks, right? Like, the Trevor Lawrence is a great thing to do because he was – one of the greatest prospects to come out at quarterback in the last decade, but Mm -hmm. he didn't have the questions about his size and strength and how his game translates to the NFL. Right. Joe Burrow, very similar. Joe Burrow was kind of a one hit wonder in college. Like he was a high recruit, but he transferred out of Ohio state over to LSU. Didn't know if it was just a one year because of the weapons he had around him, or was he legitimately that good of a quarterback, but there was still no, I don't think that he has a big enough arm. I don't think that he is big enough. I don't think that he can withstand the hits and the punishment of the NFL. We had all of that already going up against Bryce. So the minute that he's struggling right now, people are running victory laps to prove that they're right, as opposed to actually caring about the trajectory of Bryce Young's career. It's Mm -hmm. not so much about determining is Bryce Young playing good football. It's about, I told you that he would struggle. Mm -hmm. And that's a really funny way to go about things, man. It shows very much that you're not concerned about the actual football stance of things. You're concerned with being correct and your opinion mm-hmm. being right. And a lot of times, man, I'm just going to preface this by saying that a lot of times the people who are so concerned about being first and being right, you end up looking real foolish in the long run. Oh, yeah. I mean, people like to dismiss Josh Allen too soon. <laughs> Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Jared yeah. Goff to an extent. You know what I mean? Like, there's just, yeah. there's so many examples. Jalen Hurts. There are so many examples, man, of yeah. good quarterbacks, legitimate NFL starting Pro Bowl caliber quarterbacks having a rough time, man, in their first year, especially when yeah. you have a lack of weapons and a shaky, at best, offensive line. Yeah, so I, th- I think that the uh, Joe Burrow thing is, is and, and I think that you made a good point with uh, expectations because, like, Joe Burrow was put into this position and not expected to do anything well, right? Mm-hmm. And Bryce, theoretically, Bryce Young uh, was. And I thought a lot, right. lot to do, like, like one of the reasons that we thought that Joe Burrow wouldn't succeed is because one is offensive line and two is defense. Yeah. Well, it turns out our offensive line ain't great, and we have about three healthy bodies on defense yep. <laughs> right now. Uh, so, and but he had T. Higgins, Boyd, AJ Green, Joe Mixon. Like yes. he had uh, weapons around him. So, and you know those are weapons that those are weapons that make a difference too. Yeah. Because yeah, you talk about T. Higgins and the athleticism that he possesses just in his own. Even Joe Mixon, right? Yeah. These are guys that win one on ones. They, yeah. these are winner athletes. 
And I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I say that about our guys, but our guys are not currently winner athletes. They are not going to go out and win their matchups on a consistent basis mm. to create something that the offense, the scheme, and whatever else it is can create for them. We don't have that right now. And that is a very big difference, man. You talk about Jalen Hurts. What happened once he got A.J. Brown? A guy mm-hmm. that could just open it up on his own. That you know, it's the it's the old saying, uh, he's down there somewhere, so I'm gonna throw it type of situation. Yeah, oh we don't have that, man. You know, we just we just don't it. have any of that, man, right now on yeah. this team. And not to pile on the young guys, man, because they're young and inexperienced. But Jonathan Mingo was super disappointing this week for me, mm-hmm. to be completely honest. I had expectations of him having a nice game against Indianapolis, especially with DJ Chark a little bit like limited going into the week. Mm. I thought Thomas Brown looked like he was starting to use him in different uh, deployments, different alignments. I didn't see it again, man. And I still see Jonathan Mingo really being lazy on some of these routes, man, like routes that you know that he's not necessarily the primary target and that he's not the first read. He yeah. is just going through the motions, man. And that is so detrimental to like the structure of the play overall that if defenders can already say, look, that's not a realistic option. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. look at him, man. He's strolling like he's walking around like, you know, Latta Park right now in Charlotte as opposed to running a, a quick flat route. It, mm. it, it's just really difficult, man, for Bryce to gain trust and, and familiarity with the guy doesn't go a hundred percent all of the time. And his route running is just not there, man. His feel for the game is behind. Yeah. And for the 39th overall pick, man, that, that could put you behind the eight ball, dude, because you expect that person to be a significant contributor mm-hmm. at, at that pick with this offense and the rest of the weapons around him. There are other teams that could take a guy with the 39th pick that has boom bust potential and not say we're reliant on him in year one. We weren't built that way. This guy was supposed to be our explosive receiver. Even if he kind of had to like ease into that role a little bit, he was still supposed to hit that level at some point Mm -hmm. this year. And it doesn't look attainable for me right now. It looks like he's going to essentially have to redshirt this type of year and learn the game of football at the NFL level to be an impact player, man. And even then it's not a, it's not a warm and fuzzy feeling about him eventually reaching that man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. So we're getting into, uh, we're basically just organically getting into the review of this uh, game. Right. Um, right. So we're talking about the offense. I, so you see what happens. So it's just easy to play defense against us, right? It's just Uh so easy because we are never going to give our quarterback enough time to beat you long and our quarter, our running, our, our receivers aren't going to win one-on-one matchups where you're that nervous. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're not that nervous about the beat you go to top, over the top. Right. Now, like think of that Hayden Hurst uh, catch where he like slips out. We finally have a little bit of yeah. time. That's a Thomas yeah. Brown offense. That's right. a, that's a, I delayed movement. To, right. Yes, exactly. And yeah. it just doesn't work if it doesn't start up front. And yes. it's just wild that these crappy linemen in in McVay offenses and Shanahan offenses, like these are nobodies that who who heard of any of these offensive linemen for the Rams this year? 
And you know right. what? They are just passing all over everyone. And it's it's just it's just wild. It is just blowing yeah. my mind that we can't do it. But we can't do it if the offensive line doesn't help. It is just yeah, uh, so frustrating. And we and, and there was expectations for this offensive line, man. And that's and that's one of the parts that makes the offensive failure so evident and and difficult yeah. to kind of like digest. Is that if this line had played at least a little bit? You know what I mean? Like just what they were last year. Like, sorry, uh, uh, sorry, my thing is going. Hold on. Yeah, so the offensive line, man, that's just the part that really makes it difficult is because we had expectations for this line performing at least to like an adequate level, right? They kind of came on late last year and they they figured out some stuff with with helping with some of the assignments because Icky still struggled on pass pro, but they figured out a way to help with that. You talk about the Rams and like these like nobody offensive linemen. What they did do is they drafted Steve Avila, the guard out of TCU, and they anchored that interior of that line. They use so much of these motions. We talk mm-hmm. about Puka Nakua coming in and blocking on the sides. They they understand their deficiencies on their line, and that's those bookends. That's their left and right tackle, right? Like that's where they knew that they were going to have issues. There wasn't a ta- or a left or a right tackle in the draft at that position that they liked to make an impact. So they took a guy in Avila that makes it an immediate impact, and that they know can solidify that part. So that all they have to do is actually scheme and game plan for the outside portion of the offensive line and for the protection. We're playing right now as if we don't have any idea what to do to help our offensive line. And perhaps some of that stems from the fact that we're having poor play across the entire unit. I guess that can definitely uh, key into that. But Mm. there still has to be more of a concerted effort, in my opinion, on figuring out what concepts do and don't work with our offensive line and to go ahead and start forming that identity at 10 weeks into the damn season. I don't know how we get this conversation about not having an offensive identity. We know what we cannot do on a consistent basis, right? Mm -hmm. We know that we're not going to stretch the field. We know that we're not going to be the most explosive offense, but we also know what we do have on the roster and what we saw success from last year with a, a a great deal of the same players. We got to focus man on this run game. And, and whether it's power or zone or whatever the offensive blocking scheme is, figure out which one we do the best and start mm-hmm. doing on a more consistent basis. You're not doing this offense and Bryce Young any favors by not having an identity 10 weeks into the season. It is yeah. crazy for me to hear a coach say that, to be completely honest. Yeah, yeah it's almost like uh, Reich doesn't know what to do because Reich... I mean, he had an elite offensive line when he was with the Eagles. He had an elite offensive line mm-hmm. when he was with the Colts. It just so he could run his type of offense yeah. easily because because whatever you, whatever you say about our pass catchers, uh, went down uh, when right early on in Wright's career, and they were like running with uh, man Zach Pascal and um, right. God, who else did they have? They had Paris Campbell, but like he barely played. I can't even remember the, the, the other receiver he had. Like, it, like they had no ones at receiver uh, yeah. there, but they had a good offensive line and 
he was able to run this kind of system he had, even with Marlon Mack, and, you know, like <laughs> these nobodies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think an offensive line would really help, but I don't know, man. I don't. It's 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 tough. Um, but I do want to like what we can celebrate is man the defense with no one on it is playing well. Um, yeah. So like just reviewing this past game, they allowed under two hundred yards. Uh, their their pass defense right now is fourth as in passing yards in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. Granted, that might be because we had ran all over, but. That's still really, really awesome. And we held the already crowned elite CJ Stroud to under 150 yards um, mm-hmm. passing and to 13 points. So the defense is playing really well, even though let me just read you our, our injury report uh, right now. Yeah, everybody, um, everybody yeah. stick around for about 30 <laughs> minutes because Alex is going to do the injury report. <laughs> yeah, so we got uh, the guys that. Are, are not currently on IR. I mean, I'll say Luigi Valen's name, who I, I honestly did not know until yesterday. Yeah. Um, but I have another right now we have Brian Burns. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, Brian Burns, uh, concussion, elbow. D.A. Chark, elbow. T.J. Uh, Anderson, concussion. LaVisca Chenault, ankle. Stephen Sullivan, shoulder. Uh, Luigi Valen, knee. Xavier Woods, thigh. Von Bell, quadriceps. Blackshear, ankle. Iquanu, ankle. Marquise Haynes, back. Frankie Lubu, hip, Tommy Trimble, shoulder. Um, even with, like, I know I said offensive players, too, just because I didn't want to go mm-hmm. in between. But I, I want to say we've had all but three or four starters miss a game or go on IR um, yeah. on this defense. And they're still playing really, really well, which good for Evero, man. And it's, it sucks that he's not getting the praise he deserves because of how bad the offense is playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, he's playing well, especially with the inadequacies, inadequacies at the defensive line that he has as far as defensive tackle. Yeah, man, they play; they're playing so well. Um, and I really they hope are. that they can can do something against the Bears mm-hmm. because it doesn't look like they're going to have almost anyone except for Frankie Luper this week. Yeah, I I think that you just you make such a good point, man. That. Evero is playing with like one hand tied behind his back when it comes to calling this defense, right? Yeah. He's unable to even implement some of the things that he was successful with in Denver as far as the disguising of coverages and things like that. We're playing by far the lowest percentage of press coverages. I think we're playing press coverage on like 30% of the snaps, which is by far the low in the league. Um, we don't have the personnel with J.C. Horn out to be able to allow press on one side, right? Like we, we just don't have that. When you look at Shaq Thompson being out, all of these things, when you look at Brian Burns having been in and out of the games for the past couple of weeks and man, he's giving it hell and he's doing his best, but he's not a hundred percent. He's going to be out this week. So we're really going to see what this pass rush looks like without Brian Burns for everyone that wants to trade him and get rid of him and all that kind of stuff. Here's a, here's a little taste. Um, I think that what, and, and and so I'll say this. I'll preface it by saying this. Equally, Yoda had a devastatingly terrible penalty last week on that offsides on the punt, right? That continued the drive. I believe they got points off of it. I hated to see that. It hurt oh, my soul. We need to talk about penalties for the review. I, go, go, go back. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. You're, you're just correct on that. Me. I do want yeah. to talk about that. I want to talk yeah. about that. Um, devastating penalty, but... When you watch the tape again, Iguilioda had the most juice of any of the other 
edge players, I thought. Ikuyota and Amari Barno, as far as pass rushing, were the only ones that even remotely got pushed. Iku steamrolled Quentin Nelson at the as an the offensive guard, the Pro Bowl, all pro caliber offensive guard for the Colts. I'm talking just like steamrolled him, ran right through him, got after the quarterback. Next play, kind of got a little bit of pressure on the outside. Iku has NFL skill traits, and he's going to have to show up on Thursday against Chicago because without Brian Burns, man, it's not DJ Johnson isn't the answer on the pass rush. DJ Johnson had some really nice reps in run and run port and run defense. Really, I mean, he does have that ability to to set that edge and maintain it and and shed blocks to make tackles and run support. I I've highlighted a couple of those plays, but and he tries man, really hard. He tries really hard. He tries hard, man. He's got a decent motor. Like he's out there doing stuff. Yeah. But holy smokes, man, is he not terrific at all in pass rush? I mean, just mm-hmm. like devastatingly bad. I, yeah. I I did like what I saw from Jamie Robinson. Uh, we want to talk about like the young guys getting some burn that are getting opportunities. Jamie mm-hmm. played really confidently out there, man. And that's nice to see because I don't see a lot of confidence on the defensive side of the football from players. Outside of him and Frankie Louvu, right? Derek Brown is a menace. He's been playing well. But Jamie Robinson is somebody that could add something to this defense playing that nickel position. Um, he, he played all of his alignments came from within the box and from the slot um, position. I thought he looked really natural in that, man. And, and that's something that if he could play better, that adds another element for Evero to start using in that disguising open and closed middle of the field. Um but we're going to get tested against this Bears defense or this Bears offense because of the way that they run the football and they get Khalil Herbert back. So it is going to be interesting to see how this all meshes. But Evero has got to get some credit, man. And you talk about the game plan maybe being because we get run against so much that our, our past defense is as good as it is. I don't know, man. That was a, that was the thing that I said the first couple weeks because we played against these run heavy teams. Mm. But we're seeing. Every team that throws out whatever they want to, we're seeing Evero kind of answer the bell here at the at the latter yeah. portion. Outside of the Miami game, and look, Miami's going to make a lot of people look foolish on defense. Mm-hmm. Outside of that game, dude, I didn't see being completely overwhelmed with this defense, despite playing a, a hodgepodge of players. To be fair, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. I. 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 I we shut down Zach Moss. Um, mm-hmm. Zach Moss couldn't do anything. And yep. a lot of that had to do with Downs was not himself. We only had to really worry about Pittman. Um, mm-hmm. So we get to load up the box a little bit. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. And the way that they were, the, the way that the, 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 the game went at sure. sure. Uh, but yes, I agree with you. We are, we are, st- and, and guys are stepping up, man. Uh, Tuttle is playing better. Um, uh, our, our guys on the defense, Brown, <laughs> Derek Brown is playing so well and no one's talking about it. No one's talking about it. And it sucks to be him because he's playing him and Luvu look great. And so much of Brown, so much of Brown's impact, man, is just not statistical accumulation. Like it it just isn't going to show up on the stat sheet. And I know that frustrates fans. Well, yeah, at least, you know, the box score fans, I I get it, but man, he is so good uh, in run defense. Like he's really, really good. If you just yeah. take a little bit of time, man, watch the game again and just focus on 95, he pops up a lot, dude. And it's not just in the backfield stopping for tackles for a loss. It's not just maintaining his gap positioning or his responsibilities. You you will see him literally tracking down the running backs, Fast. 
left and right all across the field, man. He's he is involved in so many plays and opens up opportunities for some of these secondary players to make the plays that they do because there's multiple linemen or multiple tight ends accounting for staying on Derek Brown throughout the entire play. It's just those kinds of things, man, that don't show up on stat sheets. And Brian Burns has a lot of those as well, man, where he is making plays and somebody has to come off their assignment to chip on Burns or to to come off and try to help. These guys are doing everything that they can, man. And like, that's commendable. And I think that they should get some recognition for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think people are starting to talk about this defense. Um, and, and putting them in like, wow, if you look at the, the overall numbers, Carolina's defense is pretty they're, good. They're, they're good. Yeah. Um, uh, real quick, before we move on to the preview of uh, the, the Bears, how crushing are these calls that these officials make? Man. Ch- game-changing calls. I think this game looks a little different if they don't call that targeting um, or defensive receiver works. hit. On Xavier Woods, this I one hundred percent agree. It and it, it is just a game changing call mm-hmm. when you call that on third down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we can talk about the Troy uh, the the Troy Hill um, yeah. hit too. Yep. Uh, yep. The the Phantom uh, roughing the wide one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that as well. But that wasn't as crushing of a no, and call and, and that one. And and that one also though, I think that there's more room for understanding why that one was called, right? Like that's yeah. that's a little bit more of that bang bang type of play where like the guidelines aren't as black and white on yeah. what should and shouldn't be called. There's literal like guidelines on what makes the targeting where what part of the body has to be hit in order to even like remotely warrant that kind of thing. Yeah. I don't know what you want Xavier Woods to do in that right. position. I don't know what you want Fall any down. NFL defender to do. Like yeah. He's trying to jar a ball loose to stop right. a completion that would continue a drive. That is the definition of playing defense in the NFL. Right. And you're going to flag him for doing every single thing right. You want to talk about, oh, well, he launched. The, the receiver is in the air. He yeah. had to bring his body up to make contact. Right. He hit him underneath the shoulder pads in the chest area. Michael Pittman said that it was a clean hit. What the hell do you want these guys to do? If we're going to start penalizing players from making really good plays, we got to just play flag football, man. Because yeah. at this point, you are the refs are making way too critical, decisive calls that have ramifications throughout the entire damn game. And it's just this unfair, season. man. This yeah. season. Yeah. If this, is, if this team, this team two and six, being yeah. a game and a half away from second from the yeah. uh, from the uh, the Falcons versus yeah. being uh, one and seven, it's yeah. a totally totally different season changing mm-hmm. call. Yeah. Um, and it just and why can't why can't we review it? Why why is that not reviewable? Right, right, exactly. Yeah, if it's a if pass interference, I get that was stupid because it's so subjective. Sure. But when you call it targeting. Like we do that, we do it in college football. Like uh-huh. we literally do it in college football. We review it. So just uh-huh. it just I I hated that so much, and I hated it for Xavier Woods, and I hated it for the Panthers. Um, but and I, do you, honestly, uh, if you watch the Cowboys, um, uh, ni- uh, Cowboys uh, Eagles, Eagles game, I have no I have no love for the Cowboys at all. But man, right. did I feel bad for a lot of those calls that went against them. Like I think there was like a little hand to the face. They didn't even touch him in the face. Like, it was just yeah. like, it was weird. 
if it's shitty, it's just like egregious and no one's really talking yeah. about it. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to talk about it too much because it's just right. every week. Well, and because, and because, yeah, and, and, and because teams don't lose games because of calls necessarily. Like, I, I, mm-hmm. I am a firm believer that, like, the refs can make really bad calls and it can impact a game, but you have way more opportunities as the teams playing the game to make your own impact on it and to change right. things and to make plays. But in yeah. these critical times and stuff like that, it, you can't just completely blow that off, man. Like right. that was such a important time of this game. Yeah. I, I man, I'm just, I'm with you. It's very, very frustrating to have these game altering calls being made and they're not being the same accountability for these refs. And, and there's gotta be a checks and balances if if you're gonna let them make these calls that can have such big ramifications, let's make sure that the booth who sits there and watches all these damn calls can say, nope, that was a mistake. Let's correct right. that. Right? Right. Like yeah. I don't think that that's a crazy premise to suggest. But but I mean, yeah, I, I'm I mean, with you. I don't want to harp too much on it because that would make it seem like that's why we lost a football game. And a lot of these things that are like easy calls, like like if, you, if, if they can't immediately see it within the five seconds of them having a flag. Yeah. They yeah. have the flag. They they say it to the people in the in the booth, and they say, "No, that's not it." And like, all right, we'll pick up the flag. Like, right. that's not right. insane. It, it's not insane to think about. Like, that's not going to no. change the the outcome. There's not going to change how long the game goes. Right. Um, I mean, if it's like a okay, whatever. Like, uh, that's not an egregious call. Uh, we'll move on. But if it's like yes. I see that immediately on the replay that he didn't come close to doing yep. anything illegal, then <sighs> pick up the flag. Anyways, uh, let's move on to uh, uh, to the preview of what yeah what we're seeing in, with the Bears and what we're seeing with the Panthers and how we think this game is going to play out. I personally think it's kind of going to be a lot of the same. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I think that they're uh, them uh, receiving um, uh, not sweat, but. Um, um, crap! The pass rusher from the um, Commanders. Why can't I think they did get right sweat. Now? They got sweat. Who did? Who did? Yeah, they get? sweat. No, you're thinking of the 49ers got Chase Young. Chase. Oh yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, I think yeah, sweat. Yeah, yeah. Bears. Just Bears just got Monster Eagles. Sweat. Yeah. Sorry, I just saw sweat in the Eagles because they're different sweat. Right. Eagles. Right. Yes, right. Bears right, got right. sweat. With the Bears getting sweat, I, I think that there's still going to be a huge pass rush on. Um, on Bryce Young, I don't think there's going to be much we can do about it. The mm-hmm. only thing that I can hope for is we just stick with the run, stick with the run game. I think that Bears defense is looking a lot better. Uh, I am nervous about if Justin Fields comes back. Um, mm-hmm. I think no matter, I think they like where they are, even with them losing to the Saints, because I think they think they should have beat the Saints. And if, yeah. uh, Agent doesn't throw like 19 picks or however many picks he throws. They probably do right. win that game. Um, so I think they're playing with a lot of confidence. They're going to be at home. They uh, DJ Moore revenge game, Foreman revenge yeah, game. Yeah. I, it, I just, they have too much momentum. We have too little momentum. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous. Only thing I can do, think we can do is slow the game down. Try to win a, um, a, a defensive game. seven game. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Uh, even to start talking about the offense, that's how I feel. I think that they're going to get too much pressure on Bryce and they're just going to do what everybody else has done. They're going to play physical at the line of scrimmage. They're going to 
make you beat them deep, and I just don't know if we're going to be able to. How do you see it playing out for the offensive portion of it? Yeah, I think that the problem that I have is when you look at the the Bears' defense, they're 32nd in the league, last in the league in sacks. Um, Mm. Obviously, that was a different defense before they got Montez Sweat, but I don't know that that necessarily solves that problem for them, getting Montez Sweat. He's a good player but they still have to figure out how to get after the quarterback from other positions. I mean, it's a, it's a similar predicament that the Panthers face with Brian, having Brian Burns, right? Just because you have one really good pass rusher doesn't mean that your pass rush unit is going to be consistent and get after the quarterback. Um, it is something to watch, though. <coughs> I'm more concerned, sorry. I'm more concerned, honestly, with Andrew Billings in the middle of that defensive mm-hmm. line. Um, that is a large human, strong fella. Um, and we have had some serious problems on the interior of our offensive line unit. Um, trying to maintain the ground game against the Chicago Bears is a difficult thing, too. They're fifth in the league in rushing yards allowed, with the league mm-hmm. best yards per carry average of only allowing 3.3 yards per rushing attempt. Um, so it, it's, a, it's a difficult situation to say that this is when we're going to create and, and implement our offensive identity as a run first football team because Mm -hmm. this is the team that they're 29th in pass yards allowed if you want to exploit a team's weakness that's their weakness but Mm -hmm. we saw what the indianapolis colts weakness was on paper last week and we saw what we were not able to do against that so i think instead of us game planning so much around the opponent's weaknesses sometimes we're gonna have to formulate our strengths and we're gonna have to just try to play to that and I agree with you that as of right now, man, there is no way around saying that our theoretical strength on offense has to be the run game. Even if it hasn't been the most consistent thing this year, you can't tell Bryce Young to stand behind this offensive line, the amount of pressure that they are allowing on a consistent basis, and say, Bryce, we need you to go out there and lead this team to a win and execute at a very high level, despite having very little support. So mm-hmm. take some of that onus off of it. Let Bryce go out there. The, the Bears are 30th in points allowed. On paper, man, there's opportunities to make some plays and put up some points in this one. I'm just going to hedge my bet here and and not <laughs> and not endorse that that's actually going to come to fruition because I haven't seen anything from this offense that makes me even remotely confident right now. Yeah, I... I- um, the thing is, like, yeah. So usually, like, when you think about Zach Wilson or something like that, you know, you'll do something like you'll get him out of the, uh, you you do something where you bootleg him, you get out of the pocket, do like throw a pass to the tight end, get him a couple of uh, of completions, make sure yeah. he gets like in rhythm. That's not our a problem. Bit of problem rhythm, yeah, yeah. That's not a problem. Pro- problem isn't Bryce needing to get in rhythm. The problem is that just give him some sort of protections and get people open. I just, and it sucks because it's like my first time where I'm just like, I just don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I don't, I don't well, see. What and we it's, and do. it's, it's really frustrating, man, and difficult to give analysis and predictive ideas when what we saw work against Houston in Thomas Brown's debut, we didn't see much of any of that in the following game where you're facing mm-hmm. a, exploitable defense and so going into this one on the road thursday night football short week with more injuries 
I don't, I just don't know how we're supposed to feel confident about any of the offensive concepts being able to work. I, we talk about when, when Chark was on the show and he mentioned using the personnel differently and deploying people in different alignments and kind of playing more to their natural ability. There was, there were situations, man, it was a third and 10 for the Panthers from the 20 yard line in the fourth quarter. We ran a couple of three yards stick routes with yeah, Adam Thielen I, uh, and Chark. And, and the read was to Thielen, or, or Bryce panicked because he was sped up, which, again, is something that I do feel a little bit concerned about, man, is that Bryce is playing too fast. And it's, mm-hmm. and it's from the repetitive nature of having guys in his face early that it is becoming second nature to him that he doesn't have the internal clock that he thinks he needs to have to complete some of these plays. Um, <clears throat> but we're using these guys in a way that even if Thielen does catch that three yard pass and he has room, how is he your yards after catch guy? What, yeah. what, what do you anticipate him doing with that route in that situational predicament? Right. I want to see different usage, man. Like Mingo there, if you're going to run that, uh, <clears throat> Terrace Marshall jr. I, I just don't know what else you're going to do. Are you going to use Amir Smith Marset at all? If you need some speed, are you going to use the one guy that has speed and shiftiness? Um, do you call up Derek Wright this week? Well, you know, is, is that somebody that comes up if Chark is inactive? Can maybe we see that work out? Nope, I know that I Mike got Jordan that. Matthews. <laughs> oh, yeah, Jordan Matthews. I forgot about that secret weapon, man. I mean, dude, we're talking about a guy that has, what, five snaps since 2020? And he's called up and he's going to be active. I just, man, I don't know what we're doing here, bringing these used to be NFL players back into the league and expecting that to be an impactful decision. And I'm not saying that they have to be, you know, our our primary targets or or our number one defender. I know that that's not the objective, bringing these guys Mm -hmm. in. But are you telling me that there's not anybody that's been playing football this entire year or even the past three years? that couldn't provide better depth and more explosive ability. Like what is Jordan Matthews going to do, man? No block, no rock is what Thomas Brown says. You think Jordan Matthews is a prolific blocker? Yeah, I I, I don't think so. So where does he fit in? Where are you going to play him? I I don't know, man. I think that you're not doing a lot of shit that makes sense to me. Yeah. You're going to see a lot of, I think we're going to see like, a 10 targets for Miles Sanders for <laughs> for uh-huh. seven catches and 25 yards. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, uh, Bryce does need to use that running back check down a little bit more. Um, uh, I, I think that there yeah. was there was opportunities that he could that he just couldn't see him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and it's and, not a height. And, it's not a height thing that he can't see these guys. It's the yeah. pressure in his face and not being able to move anywhere within the pocket because there is pressure immediately in front of him. And then pressure all around on the back ends coming from the outside because Icky can't. I mean, dude, I don't know what to say about Icky at this point. I'm starting to have really bad feelings about either James Campen's ability to develop him into anything outside of what he already is, or Icky's ability to absorb information and put it into real time action because he is guessing so much, man. And it is killing him. You see him lunging with his hands way too often because somebody acts like they're going to come right at him. They're going to do the old DJ Johnson and just run into your chest and give up. But instead, they actually do an NFL move, an NFL pass rush move, and Mm. and beat him immediately. 
that, I, that just can't continue, man. If you want Bryce Young to be able to stand in the pocket and make throws, that has to change. I mean, I just, it, it, it didn't really get me because, like, it doesn't usually uh, bother me when guys aren't, don't wear their emotions on their sleeve. Mm-hmm. But man, just seeing him in the Bryce interview and just the way he was smiling the yeah. entire time, like, dude, this is your fault. Like, this yeah. offense is mostly mm-hmm. your fault, like, that, mm-hmm. that it's running so poorly. You shouldn't be smiling ever. <laughs> like you just shouldn't be smiling <laughs> until well, you do. You play a good game. Yeah, that whole left side of the offensive line is just abysmal lately. Yeah. Uh, but we're talking about. We're, I don't want to like. No, oh, no, no, no. And, and, and then when, when when we talk about like the Panthers' defense playing well, they've got a little bit of a challenge in this one too, though, right? Yeah, because absolutely. the Bears the Bears are third in rushing yards in the league, and they get yeah. Khalil Herbert back this week. Um, and Khalil Herbert has been a very productive running back an explosive running back when he's been healthy for the bears. Um, so you're going to get him to help team up with Dante Foreman. Um, and we know I would anticipate they're going to try to get Foreman at least a handful of situational looks, maybe get him a score. Crush us. Right. Right. DJ Moore going up against Dante Jackson. Evero's already talked about that. Frank Reich's already talked about that. That is the matchup that is going to happen on Thursday night. That's got to make me a little bit iffy too. Um, I thought Dante played a pretty good game last week and the week before I thought he played pretty solid as well, to be honest. Mm -hmm. I think that DJ Moore is a man. DJ Moore is a really good wide receiver and he's got some internal motivation on this one. And there is no denying that. And one thing that you can never say about DJ is that he lacked fire. That dude is a, he's a motivated player and he's going to go out there and he's going to do his best to remind us that he is the best receiver this franchise has had outside of Steve Smith and Musa Muhammad. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, if he, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully fields can't really grip the ball correctly. Um, right. <laughs> well, and you know that, what? They, they do allow a lot of sacks. I think they're 29th uh, in the league in sacks allowed. Our problem is that we're not going to have Brian Burns and <laughs> you know, who are you going to have going after him? Um, but if you, if you're hey, looking hey, for a, a way, he should be back. I think he's questionable. I don't know if he's going to go. That's. Yeah. I hope he does. Two full I hope. I hope he gives it a go. Man. Man. Yeah, one hundred percent. If not, you're talking about you're talking about Amari Barno, DJ Johnson, Ikuliota. Yeah. Yeah. Who starts? <laughs> I, I think they have to it's, put Frankie. Would have to start an outside linebacker. I would. I would assume. Man. He would have to. Right, I don't know. I don't know, man. I honestly, I, I, don't, I, would, I don't know who's on this team anymore. Like, like I look at like like our starting our starting defense. You can't even guys. say, well, maybe Luigi Villan gets his <laughs> minutes this, this week, right? Because he's already on IR. <laughs> like Justin Houston, nope, not not available. Oh, um, yeah, it's difficult, man. It's it's going to be a lot of DJ Johnson and a lot of Amari Barno and Ikuliota and. Hey man, fingers crossed that Iku keeps up the momentum after the uh, big penalty. Maybe he keeps playing the way that he was because I did think that he looked pretty decent out there for what it's worth. Yeah, he's the best, he's the best pass rusher that's going to dress. <laughs> that's not named Frankie Lumo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So all right, let's. Uh, I, for, we're we're going pretty long on just being sad about our Panthers. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I mean, I I just. I really want to like 
I'm trying to think of a world where it gets better mm-hmm. and we go more because I'm trying to like live in the Texans game and kind of write this Colts game yeah. off. Yeah. But I don't know if I can because there's just a blueprint with how to beat us. Like, yes. Oh, uh, it just it just came up. Uh, Justin Fields doubtful. Let's go. Um, sure. that, that helps. Hopefully, we okay. get uh, Beijing to throw some uh, throw some yep. interceptions. I, I mean, that's that's a, that's a um, that's a significant thing because I do think that it allows this game to feel a little bit more even keel, right? Right. Yeah. I think I think if you had Justin Fields out, yes, yeah. If you had Justin Fields out there, prediction. Yeah, I think that you're worried about Justin Fields. A his rushing ability, man, against this defense would be very, very, very difficult to defend because we mm-hmm. already don't want to have no pass rush dropping everyone in coverage. So you're going to have what Deion Jones spying Justin Fields that changes things dramatically to have Beijing mm-hmm. back there throwing that football. I, right. So yes. yeah, that, that, that does make a significant difference. All right. So I'm going to go. I'm going to start. I'm going to go predictions. And now that I'm that yeah. now I'm trying to change it because Fields isn't there. I'm going to say. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're going to do here. And honestly, it's like it's making my stomach hurt even thinking about making a prediction uh, right now. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to be optimistic. I because I, I did have the I had I had the Bears winning with Fields was playing, but now the Bajans playing. I'm going to say Panthers. Wow. Win thirteen nine, man. That's wild. Um, yeah, I can't do it, man. I I, know, I don't. Uh, see, I, had I, don't see, I had the Bears winning, but I just I man, I really am struggling to find wins with this team with the way that this offense is playing. And yeah. if we showed more of an ability to adjust. And, and change some things up, I could get behind the optimistic train of thought. Yeah. I think that if we're going to continue to try to get success running the same things that we're doing, I think we're going to continue getting the results that we've seen. I feel like Bryce is going to have a bounce back. Let me say that. I think yeah. that Bryce is going to have a bounce back performance. I 1000% do not anticipate pick sixes. Um, I think that there will be a more efficient offense, but it is not going to be a very productive offense for the Panthers yeah. still. I'm going to go 17 to 13 Chicago. Okay, so we have the same score except you have another touchdown for Chicago. Yep. Um, I mean, you're probably right. I, I, I just, man, I'm, I'm not going to be able to predict a win Carolina on the road on a short week after that performance with no inspiring comments from the coaches either, to be completely honest, man. Like, yeah, I just don't have a good vibe and a lot of football. You could say whatever you want to look at what the loss, look at what the Las Vegas Raiders just did. They fired their dipshit of a coach that clearly did not have the pulse of that locker room. Right. Yeah. Antonio Pierce comes in. Guys are having fun. They're, Smoking the victory cigars, they're shooting the locker room, and all of a sudden that yeah, man, they believe in themselves. They believe in each other. They didn't believe in Josh McDaniels, and I'm not trying to insinuate that that's exactly what's happening here with Frank Reich and this staff, but it certainly feels like nobody on this Panthers team is enjoying themselves outside of that Texans game. 
and yeah, it's always easier to enjoy yourself when you're winning. But man, like I just don't see the the twinkle in anybody's eyes right now. I don't think anyone's enjoying playing football here in Carolina. Yeah, they're not doing. You're not putting them in situations to do what they do well. You yep. got to do that, and it's just. And oh god, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just because it's a must win. If we don't yeah. beat the Bears, we don't win a game. I don't think. I, I think that's the last bit of emotional hope that the players have left. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think that they get it back. If they can't beat the Bears. I mean, you still got four division games, so maybe. Yeah, I just think yeah. it's just that must must win. I think this week, just for them, and I think they come out. If they don't come out inspired this week in a in a must must win, I just don't see them getting it back. So but I'm going to say, we, shouldn't, shouldn't we have come out super inspired and motivated at home last week, coming I, off I, of a win? I don't think that they weren't. But I think that pick six, the, the, the two plays that really took it all out of them, and it shouldn't, I, I kind of agree with you, like that those things shouldn't derail us, was right. the, was the, was the um, targeting the um, defensive receiver and uh, the pick six. Yeah. I think those two plays took all the wind out of our sails, and we didn't get it back. Hopefully, somebody, somebody needs to take the reins on this football team though, and in the locker room, wherever it is, somebody needs to take control and bring something to the table that does light the fire and it can reignite the motivation. We cannot be a team that is so easily destructed by losing momentum and 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 an early portion of a football game that they never get their confidence back. There's not confidence already built in this team. It's like they have to build confidence on a weekly basis and we're not a good enough football team to be rebuilding confidence every single Sunday or Thursday in this right, case. Yeah. You need to have something already established, man, and we don't. And that is concerning because that is the identity you talk about. That is that outside of on the field X's and O's, a good team is a bunch of dudes that want to play with each other, that believe in playing with each other. I don't get that yep. feeling from this club. I don't get it from the offense, and there, and that's somebody needs to get yeah, the defense. Yeah, you're right. That's, that's a better way. Captain, the, the the defense is inspired, and that might be an Evro thing. It might be you got guys like Bell, Luvu, um, uh-huh. Brown. These like yeah. these high energy like like personalities vets come out. Yeah. Say, this is what we're. This is yeah, exactly. We don't have that on offense, and I right. think that's we're missing. And yep. you, it might be a DJ more <laughs> than that guy, but um, it, I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, we can. We'll wait and see. Let it happen. Come on, Panthers. Ugh, just do it. Just do it. Get this momentum back. Get it rolling. Um, I. Uh, I think we've we've gone long enough. Um, uh, I think that it's uh, good to end it here, and we will yep. probably do like a, a bonus episode uh, this weekend since we don't have a game. Uh, but yep. we'll see. I don't want to make any promises because I always break them. Um, but uh, we'll, yeah. we'll end it right here uh, and we'll do like we always do and we <laughs> the Panthers are listening when we say this but keep pounding keep pounding please please